You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. to another episode of the doctor's companion i'm scott corelli and i'm matt smith but not that matt smith and we're from mindrobber.net the home side of mindrobber productions where we talk about all of the things on podcasts like this one the doctor's companion where we talk about doctor who uh the mind robbers versus where we pick a show we love and talk about episode by episode currently covering superman the animated series soon to be alternating with or yeah currently covering batman the animated series soon to be alternating with superman the animated series and our flagship podcast the mind robbers where we talk about everything else if you like our shows review them on itunes huge shout out to cargrium 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 uh who uh, actually left Yes, who actually who actually left a, a review for all three of our shows. So thank you so much uh, for doing that. Uh, please, if you like our shows, please review them. It helps us a lot. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, please email those to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, add to the comments. Lots of comments on last week's episode. That was lovely. Uh, and we, we try to comment uh, and, and respond to every comment um, on the post. So if you leave a comment, you'll probably get a response from one of us or both of us. So do that. Um, and most importantly, tell people that you're listening and that they should be listening to. Uh, tell them in person. Tell them via social media. Uh, sidewalk chalk is good. Um you know, at the whatever. playground at recess. Yes. At recess. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, hang flyers around town. You know, whatever. Whatever. Because we will, we 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 will provide you with flyers. <laughs> sure. If I say that, if I say that, it'll happen. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So today we're talking about uh, the Rings of Akaton, uh, which is the first episode ever to be written by Neil Cross, the creator of Luther, um, which is a show we both love a lot. Uh, so this is his – I guess he's a big Doctor Who fan, but this is the first time he's ever been able to uh, make writing the show uh, work within his schedule. Um, but he's not writing just one but two. And in fact, Rings of Akaton is the second episode that he wrote. Uh, he wrote Hyde first. Um, so mm. – and they, apparently they liked that so much they asked him to do another one. Um, and that was this. <clears throat> also, uh, the thing that's interesting about this is that the reason it was made was because they looked at their set of episodes for the back half of season seven and realized they didn't have any like strong location episodes. Uh, so that's what this is. So they just like they instead of uh, having several location episodes, they just had one with everything in it, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, you know, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. And uh so so yeah so overall thoughts on the rings of Akaton. Um 
I'm going to be, I'll, I'll be honest, I actually really loved this, and it's getting really mixed reviews across the internets, and I'm not sure what they didn't get out of it, and I have no idea how you feel about it, but I really loved this episode. It reminds me of The Beast Below, which is an episode that I love and you are lukewarm on, um, and... Uh, so I don't I don't know how you'll feel about this. I but I I love this. I loved all of the aliens. I loved how alive this world felt, and I I just I I just I thought it was really great. I and there was a one of the biggest things that you know I noticed it to a certain extent the first time I watched it, but watching it the second time, I realized that this episode was divided into four acts, much like a classic Who story, um, which with each act. Uh, having a new villain that was worse than the one that came before it. Mm-hmm. Um, very much like Classic Who. So uh, you can tell that Neil Cross is a huge Doctor Who fan, a huge Classic Who fan, um, just by the structure of this episode. And uh, I like that a lot. And this this episode excited me. And so now watching this, I'm really excited for Neil Cross's next episode. And so I, I'm, I'm just excited to have another writer that I am, I am really happy with and I, and I'm looking forward to, uh, his stuff in the future. So what did you think? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, watching it the first time, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Apparently. Um, I thought that, I thought that it was, it started good and then it got progressively more and more middling as it went on um and a lot of that is because uh it has nothing to do with neil cross um my my problem is i really don't like farron blackburn as a director at all um i can't i honestly can't stand him um which i'll talk about more on the other side of the sponsor spot when we talk about the episode in depth but i don't know what i think um i think that there are times when i'm when i'm bored by it where it just doesn't make sense it feels it's weird to think that this is the same guy who writes Luther because Luther is so tightly plotted. Um, but I thought that the plot of this was a little all over the place and it felt very slapdash and wasn't really refined. Um, but I liked I liked the production design. I liked Clara. I liked the Doctor actually a lot in this. Um, uh, and I and I agree about the classic Who of it all. Um, but I can't say that I loved it and I don't know why. Um, it really just I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me and i was really wanting it to um uh the why of this i'll go through but this is one of those um uh where the moffat era is constantly suffering from death by a thousand cuts uh or a thousand small cuts where it's like there's not one thing that i'm that they're doing that is really annoying me um it's moffat choosing to do a series of smaller things and this is kind of the same thing and i don't think it was neil cross's fault like you saying that he wrote this second makes more sense to me um because it does feel i don't know it feels like it was definitely pushed out prematurely um and i that has nothing to do with like the green screen which i know people are complaining about and it's like okay well i don't mind the green screen in fact i thought the green screen was quite good in this um but i don't know i i have a lot of mixed feelings i can't say that i loved it i liked it more than bells of saint john but uh, it's just one of those things where it's like this this series series seven is really just uh, this barreling train of nonstop disappointment so far, um, in some capacity, uh, no matter what. So that's where I am with it. 
All right. Well, before we uh, talk about details, this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition at 35 to 45% off, plus new release special at 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Uh, lots of Doctor Who books on there. Uh, IDW uh, publishes tons. Uh, so just, just pop on there and, uh, take a look at their inventory. Cause I bet you there's something that you'll enjoy. Um, okay. So I, uh, that's kind of what I expected you, how I expected you to feel because this reminded me so much of beast below, which is one that you just, again, like you don't really have an explanation as to why it doesn't rub you the way it rubs me, but like, you just don't really care for it. Like you just think it's meh. And I, I, so I had a feeling that th- this was going to be a similar situation because it was so much like that episode. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much Beast Below. Like it's yeah. very, very much Beast Below. And that's not, that's not bad. I like, I like the Beast Below fine. It's just not one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and it, for me, like the Beast Below represents something that we don't get a lot of in, in uh, New Who, uh, which is our, the doctor and our companion on an adventure outside of our universe you know like just something completely alien um Mm -hmm. which isn't which doesn't happen very often uh for some reason in new who like i i think well not for some reason it's obviously budgetary restraints i would imagine um but i i don't i i just i love that and anytime that it comes up i love it and i'm i'm happy that this was uh a well-written episode uh, on top of everything else, like I, I just I I loved it. I loved the the escalation. I loved uh, the the whole explanation with the with the leaf and all of that. Um, I I loved the opening of this, uh, the teaser. Like I thought that was really good. I loved the idea, and I know this is something you hate, but I love the idea that the Doctor is uh, is taking Clara home after every adventure um, because it's it's really <laughs> uh, it's really different, and I like that. I don't because I don't I like if you can travel through all of time and space, then why not sleep in your own bed? It's I you know I just I I like that, and I like that. She likes the adventure thing, but she's not so enamored with it that she wants it to take over her life. Um, and I and I think that makes her an interesting character. And I don't know. I I like it. I I just I have no complaints about this episode. I really don't. This is what I want. Hmm. More stuff like this. Hmm. See, I like the opening sequence too, but the opening sequence, like both times I watched it, um, and that's a Blackburn thing, really annoyed me. Um, I don't know. Uh, I like the opening sequence. I hate that she gets out of the TARDIS. Um, I hate that Moffat is enamored with this idea that, um, and I, I get the "why don't you sleep in your own bed" thing, but it's like, who? Like, I can't. I don't know. I'm I'm of the school that's just like, go travel with him. This is your life now. It's like, and and Clara, like the whole point. But that's is that every she, companion ever has always done that. We can't have yeah. one that does something else. We did, and it was called Amy and Rory. Like, look at them. They got dropped off every time. Like, every – like, look at, like, where they were after Series 5. Like, they were constantly getting dropped off back home for no reason. At least with Clara, it's like, it's like okay, I guess I'm getting out of the TARDIS. And that, like, made sense to me, but it's one of those things where it's just like – it's just like, just – make it your life like why don't i don't understand the rationale of someone who won't make it their life like i don't know if this woman actually wants 
to travel with this guy. I mean, it, I, I kind of guess that she does, but the only scene that tells me that she does is when she's waiting for him on the stairs at the beginning, um, nervously, which I, I think was probably my favorite shot in the entire episode. Um, I don't know that. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like. I don't know. I, I don't love I don't love what they're doing with Claire. I like her fine, but I don't I don't I don't love her. And I have no explanation for any of this. It's just as je ne sais quoi. Um because uh, there's just I don't know, there's I just I don't know. I felt that the plot was sloppy. I felt like it was sloppy in places where mm. you have characters doing things just because they need to do them because the plot says do them. Like the priest on the on the temple place. The priest on the temple place is like scared and like and like I'm I'm singing this song, please don't wake, oh my god. Um and then all of a sudden he's just like the song is over, a cackle hit the button, teleport out of there. And I was like, well, cackle. No one cackled. It looked cackly. The second time it looked cackly. I was like, why are you, why are you doing this? Like, it just felt so what? arbitrary. I, I don't know. I didn't that think it was arbitrary, arbitrary at all. Like the doctor tells him like, Hey, like, look, he's waking up. Like just, it's done. And then he stops singing. Yeah. He stops singing and then goes, the guy is waking. And then he, I don't know. It looked like he no. Smiled, he says the, the no. He says the song has ended, or, or like my name is blah blah blah, and I'm the person who ended the song, or whatever. And then he teleports away. Uh, or see, I, I read that as way more like ominous, mustache twirly than you did. Um, oh no, I didn't see that at all. I just I saw it as a desperate guy who just gave up, <laughs> just bails at the moment that they need him most. Um. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I just there's just parts of this that just felt arbitrary, um, and mm. and needlessly slow and so and sloppy and like the I mean you look at the thing with the with the motorcycle, which again we have a motorcycle two episodes in a row, which I I look, I'm just noticing. I don't care. Um, uh, you have. That motorcycle goes after um, Mary as she's flying away. The motorcycle takes, like, half the time to catch up with her, and then it just keeps pulling her in faster. It's just like, okay, well, you're just manufacturing drama at that point. Um, and the Whispermen. Okay, well, I want to mention the Whispermen because they're like, oh, the Whispermen are coming. And I knew better than to say, oh, they're going to be the new best thing. But, like, wow, I uh, the Smilers, man. Let's bring those guys back. Um, <laughs> because... What are the like? It's it's the thing where it's like looking at the smilers. At least the smilers make sense. The smilers are the enforcers of uh, new New England or whatever that was, or new New UK or whatever that was. And this those those vigil guys made no sense. Like they made they took they made absolutely no effort to make them make sense beyond just like whispering weirdos. Like they just kind of didn't. And it was like okay, well, those were the guys in the masks. Yeah. The the three guys, right? The whispering that... guys, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Did they? What? What? Who said that they were going to be a big thing? They didn't. They didn't. They just said okay. they were just like the whisper men are coming. But it's like, who said the whisper men are coming? Moffat said the whisper men are coming. Um, when when did? He... Oh, so so he was making a big deal about it. I I don't know. Like I I guess maybe I read in I read less things than you do because like I just don't. I don't care about what Moffat is uh, as touting as a as the next thing because I I'm just I, I just don't I don't care what his opinion of things are because he doesn't really have an opinion his his opinion is I'm going to hype everything, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I just I I don't I just don't care what he has to say um so I I just watched this and I was like okay they're 
They're pyramid guards. Whatever. I I just I I didn't even I didn't even know that they were called whisper men. Like I just knew that they were pyramid guards. That's all I took mm-hmm. them as. See, I I caught it in in passing. Um, but it's like it's one of, I don't know. I and just, even as whisper men, like okay, that's what they call the pyramid guards. Whatever. <laughs> I I just I I didn't even I didn't even think of them as anything like that was supposed to be iconic. I was just like okay, they're another creature that's in this, and they're pyramid guards. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm uh, railing because I have no idea what I want to talk about because there's just I mean it's just a lot of little things. I mean, there's moments that I like. There's a lot of moments I like. Um, uh, Matt Smith is really good in this. He delivers a hell of a speech like five times. Um, that's not a slam. It's just like he has like five speeches in this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and Clara walking around with Mary is really good. I like that they um, like when when I get the thing where. Claire is a nanny um, going back to the snowman. And then in last episode, I just kind of roll my eyes because I'm like, okay, I'm off it. Here we go. But it does allow them to um, to do really interesting things with her where suddenly she is allowed to uh, be like she's allowed to coddle Mary. She is allowed to connect with her because she understands children. Um, and it works better from that perspective than like Amy Pond could have. And children have always been a focus of Moffat's Doctor Who. So I like that he created a character who who liaisons with them really well. That isn't just the Doctor saying I speak baby. Um, and I like so I like that. And I like that. Like w- the other moment that I really like in this is um, when the doctor and her need to steal or need to buy the the uh, rent a scooter. And uh, the doctor is constantly trying to figure out who she is and find out who she is. So he makes her give up something that is of sentimental value. Um, I liked that. Like looking at at Matt Smith's performance there, like you can tell like he was just thinking in that scene, which was really wonderful um and something i noticed the first time and really noticed the second time um, well that's what i love about matt smith as the doctor is he's never not acting yes like he's always in like acting and interacting and reacting with everything Mm -hmm. uh all the time and i i just really like that like just watching them sitting in the stands like like it would be so easy i mean you know uh, john louise coleman was doing it to a certain extent she was just sort of sitting and watching Mm -hmm. and and then matt was just like Looking, looking over this way, looking over that way, reacting to someone next to him, like he was just all over the place. I love that. Mm-hmm. No, no, and he's and he's really good. Like when I was looking at some of this, like the part where um he traps themselves, he traps them all in the tomb, and like walks forward, he snaps his jacket and walks forward. I was just like, that's the doctor. Like mm-hmm. I just look at it and it's like that's the doctor, and this is a guy who I have trouble seeing as the doctor now. Um because he's not my doctor. Uh, I feel like Neil Cross in an effort to, well, it's also weird because it's, it's, it's hard to judge this as Neil Cross's first story because it's not his first story. Right. Um, but looking at it, it is like one of those hardcore reboots of the show where, you know, you have to tell me everything about the doctor and how amazing he is and how wonderful he is. And that's, that's fine. It works here. Um, and it works to show me who uh, the doctor is. I like that. I kind of have missed that lately because it's so, because uh, Moffat, whenever he writes the doctor and, you know, Moffat's written the last three stories that we've talked about, um, uh, writes him as just a bundle of quirks. And mm-hmm. Cross goes for something that's a little bit more uh, personal. There's still the weird quirks. The barking like a dog is not what I'm interested in. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind him here. Like he's really good here, and he, he's really, he's really good. Although his voice sounded a little weird. It sounded a little, 
high-pitched or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was just a minor quibble and just a notice, not even a complaint. So I'm not complaining. I also feel like um, Matt Smith's performance is getting older. Like, yes. you can you can feel, like, in, in the way that, like, I mean, not to the extent that Tom Baker felt older toward the end of his reign, but, like, you know, kind of like that, where you can just feel the 11th Doctor is getting tired. Um, yes. In, a, in just a way, like, he's getting tired and, wi- and wiser and, like, just less uh, frenetic, I guess. Yes. Yes. Um, you just you feel like everything he's doing is a little more deliberate than it used to be, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting, I think. And yes, really, uh, really great performance because you like if you compare this to the Beast Below, like it really feels like two very different doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, one having just shaken off the tenth Doctor, uh, and and being like all youthful and fun, full of energy, and like this one, he just feels like. He's he's a little more Troughton nowadays than he mm-hmm. was before, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's interesting and it's it's a nice choice and I like it. Yeah, and and it's and and that's good because like looking at it like you that that continuity is really special. But you know he's also been through some stuff. I mean mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Amy and Rory mattered to him as much as they want me to think he matter they mattered to him. But you can tell that this is a guy who. Uh, I mean, he's on he's on the back half. Like, there's no. I mean, that's not even a. I, I'd be surprised if anyone thought that that was a spoiler. But you know, Moffat has said he's over the halfway mark of his run. There's no way he's going to do this for as long as he's been doing it so far. Um, uh, and Matt Smith is not going to outlast Moffat. There's no way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even if even if Moffat if Moffat said I'm leaving, Smith's going out the door with him. Even if Smith's not ready to leave because it's just time to go. Um, yeah, and he knows that. And I think that's going to be the new thing with this show is that every new showrunner is going to have a new doctor to play with because I think it worked it worked really well with the 11th hour um, in just like a rip off the band-aid kind of motion and yes. it allowed Moffat to have his doctor which you know you can say a lot about the Moffat era but not once could I ever say that Matt Smith doesn't match his vision of Doctor Who no, absolutely. It's so it's genius, it, genius casting. Absolutely, yeah. So so I love that idea and you know whoever takes over the show next, I want to to have that reign where they get to cast their own doctor. And I think that's really important to what the vision of new who is. Um and I think was a large part of the problem with the end of classic who where, you know, producers and head writers were not in agreement with who should be playing the Doctor and they were stuck with people they didn't want and it caused issues with the quality of the show as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, think, I think that's good, like, to get, let the writer have their Doctor. I think that's mm-hmm. great. And and looking at looking at the classic stuff when the when the classic series got to uh, match those doctors perfectly like it worked like a charm like Pertwee works so well with uh, Barry Letts and Terrence Dix yep. and Tom Baker works really well with Philip Hinchcliffe and Robert Holmes um, mm-hmm. partially because Hinchcliffe and Holmes have a, have a very specific vision but also because Holmes had developed his idea of the Doctor and, and uh, Tom Baker was the first person to really exemplify that Mm -hmm. tom baker can spout off shakespeare and also look menacing um Mm -hmm. 
and it just I mean it just works uh even Davison and Nathan Turner like that mm-hmm. works really really well and then I mean and Cartmel and, and McCoy uh, so I'm down for that I mean it's interesting because like the only reason that there's an exception to that is because Christopher Eccleston only wants to stay a year and apparently only ever do a year by the way um <laughs> But um, but I I do I want I want to I want the switch like I want the switch with with showrunner like uh, I want ever I don't know I want every vision of Doctor Who to be inherently esoteric um, yes regardless of like people the Moffat era works for people it doesn't work for me but I'm glad that it exists as it does well um, I love I love that idea because like you know with that in mind. Who knows? Like, who knows? Like, even if G- Gatiss were to get, be given the show, who knows what his vision of the show would look like with his doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, you and never know. It could be it could be something really special that we never would have even thought. You know, mm-hmm. maybe the reason his episodes are blander is because he he's not writing his doctor. He's he's being forced to write this other doctor that he's less interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and therefore, and, and, therefore, he's not allowed. He's not able to put everything in like his entire personality into his episodes and so we're just getting this half half ass bland version of of what Gatiss's vision of the show is you know just to give him the benefit of the doubt in that instance mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah you I, never know i agree yeah mm-hmm. no, i'm yeah. i'm 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 100 with you um uh on that um so the one thing i want to mention and i don't know did this bother did the direction bother you at all ever um, I th- I only was... only one time did it bother me. Uh, really? And it, yeah, the one time that it bothered me was um, when she, the 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 dramatic turn of Clara saying something awesome. I was like, mm, lame. That was lame. <laughs> I was like, that was really lame. Uh, like, also I hate... have an opinion. Have an opinion. Please. Yeah. No, I, I hated. I hated that. Um, but other than other than that, like, I was I was. I would have been fine with with the whole like I just want to see something awesome. That would have been great if it hadn't been played for this big heroic moment. It was it was directed weird. Um just yeah. like the fact that there was a build up to it and then like the big heroic turnaround like it is dumb. It's dumb. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> the big heroic moment is generic. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stand that. Like, especially cause like, she's like, she's like, have you ever had a thing where all the, all the, all the books you've ever read drop out of your head? It's like, yeah, what you also have is a giant book that you've had since the age of nine in your purse that has 101 places to go. <laughs> yeah. Open a page. And point. Something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> open up, open up. It doesn't have to be great. No matter where you go, you're going to be ridiculously impressed because it's the fracking TARDIS. Like, yeah. Have an opinion. Like, yeah. just have an opinion. And I get, I get that. Like, that's this. I don't know. This empty cipher that my, I feel like Moffat keeps keeps doing because um, all of that uh, up until she says something awesome, all felt like Moffat pre-writing. Um, and then Cross takes over for the Rings of Atkinson, which is uh, a, a natural sort of thing that the show would do, um, especially in the past. Like, uh, Robert Holmes didn't write the opening to the Rebos operation. He only writes it when the Doctor gets back to the TARDIS after talking to the White Guardian. Anyways, um, like, that was that was weird. No, the, the reason I mentioned the direction, and this is, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy about this. But I feel like Farron Blackburn, Blackburn who, who previously directed Doctor Widow and Wardrobe, 
Um, I just, I don't like him as a director. I don't like his, I mean, his composition is, is fine in places. Like there's some really good shots that he does in here. The, the shot of the doctor standing in front of the, the big uh, monster is wonderful and beautiful. Um, him in silhouette is really great. The problem is that like, I just don't like his editing style. His choice of coverage is not very good. And I'm sorry if I'm getting really technical for the people who are there, but this is for you, Scott. Um, But, like, looking at the opening sequence, you start on a shot of some leaves. Fine, fine. And it's windy. Fine, fine. And then you cut to this guy walking down the street looking at a map. And then you cut to a shot of the doctor. And there is absolutely no context to where the doctor is at all. And that lack of context is really jarring because I just see the doctor holding up a a magazine, looks – drops the magazine, puts it up, and then you cut back to this thing. So the implication is that the doctor is watching this, but there's no telling There's no telling where the doctor actually is. And that lack of context, that, that weird editing around, You know what it is? I bet you anything I know what it is. Because, what because you're, you're totally right. Like that, that lack of context is uh, problematic. I bet you anything that was a note that was given and that was a reshoot. I bet you the doctor wasn't in any of that hmm. before. And then they, sure. they added in. Cause if you notice, it's totally out of context in that scene and the next scene, like yeah. it, where he's just in the rain. Those were both reshoots guaranteed. Those were both reshoots and not mm-hmm. on location when they were shooting the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, fine i'm okay with them being with them reshooting and if that's a problem then that's a problem the problem for me then becomes like that's not the only example of that if you look at something later down in the line when um they're escaping from the tomb they find the secret door clara and mary run from the secret door and then they're calling for the doctor and the doctor's holding back the quote-unquote whisper men with the sonic screwdriver and then like if you watch that scene there's absolutely no context given to where the whisper men actually are um are they outside that door are they in the tomb are they did they open the doors of the tomb like there's just not that and if that's like reshooting then it's like okay if you have to reshoot that much yeah you I, have a problem shooting coverage that's a storytelling um, issue yeah, um, and that's 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 a fundamental director problem. Um, and uh, looking at it, it's just like there's just it. I just I just don't think he shoots good coverage. Like I just mm-hmm. don't think he does. And he gets screwed in the editing room, and then he has to go back, and there's no way to reconstruct, and it just looks awful. And he has to do it a lot, um, which is not good for this episode because this episode was not cheap um, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and, and that was, that was everything. There's just, it was, it just felt very stilted and lifeless in places where. Is he doing another episode this season? Not that I know of. Um, I could, I could look again, but I don't, I don't think. Did he do one in the, in the first half? No, 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 no. Um, so this is his only one. That's weird. Yeah, this is his only one. Well, I mean, Cole McCarthy did only one in this batch. Um, he did Bells of St. John. Um, uh, but yeah, no, um, Blackburn's not doing anything else, which is fine with me. Um, it's just a bummer because that really took it, took me out of the story a lot. And was, I was just basically, cause once I started seeing it, I just couldn't stop seeing it. And I mean, you mm-hmm. and I, like we have experience like editing once, like, I don't know. I, when you watch this again, cause I know you're going to watch this again. Um, I really, I'm really curious to see if you notice that, um, because it it drove me up the wall. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even focus on anything besides that direction. Like it just was 
really problematic. And it's a bummer because this is such a visual story. Like mm-hmm. it's so based on these visuals and 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 everything. But and I know that there's limitations. Like you know, you see Clara and Mary arriving back at the um at the at the uh, I guess it's like that auditorium locale and you just see them like scooting in in the in the speeder and the speeder's not flying and it's like well no it won't fly because it's not real um but like you know there's just there's just parts of it where there's no context and the storytelling was not good like just not not good um and it's the bummer the mm-hmm. bummer um and the other thing that I really like about this, um, I like the aliens that they have. I like that fine, but I really love that Mary looks like a human, and I love that there's, like, just the really generic Doctor Who aliens with bumps. Like, I just <laughs> I just love that. Like, there's something about that. Like, that tells you how much of a, how much of a, a I love low-budget Doctor Who person I am, because you can show me all those crazy things. You can show me the things with the masks and the makeup, but at the end of the day, really all I want are just aliens that just look like humans, but they have like ridges. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just, uh, that's just a me aesthetic choice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think that goes I, back to you being a Star Trek fan. It's absolutely me being a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Cause I don't know. People are like, people are like, why don't, why do they look so human? I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Shut up. So they like, can act better. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, uh, uh, a couple of little things. I, I liked that the TARDIS doesn't seem to like Clara. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that moment was nice. I, I, I wish they had played with it more here. I hope that they come back to it later. Cause I think that's interesting. And I like the idea of the TARDIS just being like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just got on here and now you're just going to bring some stranger on board. Uh, no, like <laughs> I've been in that situation. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I like that. I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, uh, I think that they, there could have been just a one line thing to explain away. Uh, and again, I wonder if this wasn't a director thing, like this wasn't a directorial choice. It'd be interesting to see if it was in the script. But the dog barking alien, there needed to be a line explaining like why it's a dog barking and not speaking English because of the tar- TARDIS translator. Here's uh, why. I'll tell you right now. I, I assume it's because they're they're not speaking a language. It's It's more about emoting and not language. Um, so it, see, it can't be translated, but see, you're not the only person to have this problem. My response to it, um, was literally, well, the Jadoon speak in a weird language that the TARDIS doesn't translate. Um, if, if the dog is speaking, if the dog barking is a very simple language, the TARDIS just doesn't have the facilities mm-hmm. to translate it. Um, because you know, all the, all the Jadoon say is stoko blow Joe, you know, yeah. and, and, that, no, I mean, and that, that would be my explanation, but you're I right. They that. did need that. Yeah, they just needed they just needed to define it a little bit. That's all. Just be yes. like ju- just have her be like because she's new to this anyway, and I'm sure he told her off camera that don't worry about not understanding languages cuz the Tyrus will translate it for you and then she meets this this thing and it she doesn't understand it. And then so mm-hmm. I feel like as a new companion, she would be like, "Um, didn't you say I should be understanding this stuff?" <laughs> Um, why don't I get what dog lady is saying? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that's, that's why, but, but I, I assumed it was something like, like how you said it was just a, a really simple, like almost more about emoting than about actually speaking words and language. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it wasn't translating, but, uh, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, the one the one thing that I mentioned that we haven't mentioned is uh, Murray Gold is a crazy bastard. Um, mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. I mean, I we we get all the soundtracks because we're music junkies, but uh, I can't wait for this album just for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the the music and the singing was so beautiful. I'm um, excited to see what he does with uh, the later episodes, especially like the the horror episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what those sound mm-hmm. like. I want. I wonder if he's going for. He's going to go for like a smaller, like more intimate thing because the music's gotten only more and more and more bombastic and noticeable. But like looking back at the stuff like Midnight or uh, Blink, like you can do a lot with very little. And I hope that Mary Gold hasn't forgotten that because I want Hyde to be ridiculously creepy based on that poster. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to Hyde a lot. Um, and then, of course, the final thing is um, I do like that Clara solves the puzzle of the end of this. At the end of this, I like that she um, gets rid of like she figures out that infinite possibility is better than a, a finite number of possibilities. Um, my only question is, wow, she kind of gets rid of that leaf pretty easily, um, <laughs> considering it's page one. Well, but I, I <laughs> see, but I like that a lot because it's like. It's symbolic of like uh, page one of her life, and now she's giving it away on page one of her journey with the doctor. Um, sure, I, I mean, know, I, I like that. it. I just thought she, I, I love the moment. I just thought yeah. that looking back on it, she kind of just like runs up and offers it very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. There's with with no sort of anything like why not give the ring? Why not give the whatever? Um, well, she, she doesn't have the ring anymore. Well, I mean, she has other rings. I saw her hand. Um, <laughs> they might not mean anything. Well, maybe they don't, but God, work with me. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like I like that. I like the solution. I like the I like the monologue. I like the... I like, I it's like very Beast Below this. in that case, because Amy, if you remember, uh, figured that out. Mm-hmm. Oh, total Beast Below. Like, this, yeah. is, this, is, this just feels like Neil Cross wrote Beast Below, read, saw Beast Below, and was just like, eh, I could do that. And then he did yeah. something. I think I I think I like Beast Below more than this, but they're kind of on equal playing fields. No, I like Beast Below more than this too because it's I think it's a little more focused than this one is. Um, yes, but I still I like just the the grand scale madness of this, and I and I like the uh, the world building and everything. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. No. No. Like you're that. you're you're right about that, and I like the mythology. I like the. Mm-hmm. The world building is really good. I just it feels like, like we're coming into a culture rather than a, having a culture invented for the episode. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it just it does feel like this has been going on for a while, and that mm-hmm. it will go on for a while after. Um, mm-hmm. All of that, all of that, does feel really good, and, it, and it, I like I liked all of that. But I, I I agree about the lack of focus. Like, just that you get to the end, and it's just like. Moff, the Moffat era has a problem with theme. Like it just doesn't mess with theme very often. So like mm. when you get to the end and the doctor has to give this, give up part of himself, it's just like that. Well, it's not really set up. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I guess all of the I, Clara stuff, all of the Clara theme stuff was really nicely set up. I think beautifully yes. set up. Yeah. Very, very well set up. But like, it's, it's just interesting. Like, I, and the Clara stuff is definitely like the better part of this. It's just that, when you get to the doctor saying, I've I've lived for too long, I've seen too much, there's no – that's not even a payoff for anything. Um, and it just it just feels weird. Um, and that's I mean, that's just me. Um, and that makes it feel a little slight or whatever. All right. 
Well, uh, before we wrap up this episode, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, t-shirts, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You can pre-order from DCBService.com. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off. And regular discounts are 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay $6.95 in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Next week brings us Cold War and the uh, the uh, return of uh, ice an ice warrior <laughs> um, <laughs> on a submarine and Gatus. So uh, mixed feelings about next week. Although it does, I'll be honest. Watching the trailer, I was like, I f- I feel I feel this is like more Gatusy than any other episode that's come before this. Yes. That's that's what it struck me as like when I when I was watching it and I'm I'm excited to see it because I know that like since Moffat has taken over the show at least because I don't know if he's done it with if if he had brought it up um with uh Russell T Davies but I know at least since series 5 he's been begging to bring the Ice Warriors back and Moffat has been sort of dismissing him until now. So I wonder mm-hmm. I I just that that excites me a little bit to know that he was that excited to do that story, but I think that at I think at worst Cold War will be another victory of the Daleks, which is at least entertaining the first time you watch it. Um, <laughs> so that's something, you know, whatever. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm looking at it, and basically Cold War is the last one. I'm like at at the very least i'm the least looking forward to of what mm-hmm. we have left uh because by the way we only have six episodes left before mm-hmm. <laughs> before it goes away again um but i mean there's cold war and then i'm really excited for the next neil cross i'm interested i'm fascinated by uh stephen thompson's journey to the center of the tardis yeah i'm much more interested in in gatus's crimson horror and then of course you have gaiman um so uh, like cold war is the one i'm least anticipating right now and mm-hmm. uh, that's fair. i'm still i'm still like i'm still like i'm still like morbidly curious more than anything um, yeah i'm really curious to see i'm really curious to see how they uh work with the speech pattern of the ice warriors mm. um to see if they update it at all um mm. yes I don't know cuz i don't know how that's going to cuz that's really che- it, it's really cheesy the way they talk so yeah, they yeah. need to speed it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> so we'll uh, see. Be interesting. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's next week. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Uh, also, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where I live tweet things, but not as often as Matt does. Um, uh, <laughs> also... Also, check out our other podcasts, uh, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we're covering Batman the Animated Series, uh, soon to be Superman the Animated Series, uh, and that comes out three times a week. Episodes run uh, between 10 to 20 minutes, roughly, um, so so a quick in and out, and uh, nice, uh, digestible, little, little, little bite-sized episodes. Um, and then the Mind Robbers, which is our flagship podcast where we talk about uh, whatever we want to talk about, basically. Uh, this week we'll be talking about uh, Justified Season 4. 
uh, along with uh, Movie Pick Let Me In and uh, whatever else we have, like random stuff that we talk about at the top of the show, um, just things we've been doing in the past week. So uh, check out The Mind Robbers if you like this show. Uh, I'm sure you'll like that show too because you like things that aren't Doctor Who, right? Right? Probably. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gunkadin. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where I live tweet things like Smash, which I live tweeted last night because I worked hard and earned it, and it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> I love that show. I I love that show. Um, I'm also going to be live tweeting The OC Season 3 when I get around to watching it. Um, hopefully soon. Probably not. Uh, the next week looks really busy. Um, <laughs> whatever movie that I happen to be watching that is just too hilarious for me to not be like, okay, guys, hang on. Let me tell you what's going on in my life right now. Uh, <laughs> also, classicalgallifreyblogspot.com, which is done and over and finished. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that on the show for the new Who listeners only, um, but if you want, go to classicalgallifreyblogspot.com. You can get all my thoughts on all the Doctor Who episodes that have ever been up to survival. Actually, up to the TV movie, not any new who if you want my new who thoughts just keep listening because uh, mm-hmm. we'll cover we'll cover all of it we'll cover all of it uh, good, good place good place I have no idea how to get out of this so I'm just going to say uh, until next week well uh, just a reminder go to the website uh, <laughs> minddriver.net uh, and uh, leave comments uh, you can find Matt there he he he, yeah. he responds. I respond. You can find us both there. Uh, my also, that Ian Levine comment was fantastic. Yeah, I, I just I have to point it out. I know that that person is probably not listening. I'm sorry, I forgot your name because they don't have it in front of me. But that Ian Levine comment made me laugh. I was <laughs> like, oh, that's fantastic. Um, so, um, yeah. So uh, go to the website. Leave uh, leave comments. Let us know what you thought about the Rings of Agaton because um, it's important. It's important. <laughs> Scott or I are right. One of us is right. Tell <laughs> us who's right. Um, I'm sure they're mostly going to agree with you because that seems to be the general consensus that this wasn't That's okay. Good. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I like the underwater menace, so it's fine. We all we all have our stories that we like that we can't that, – that no one else likes. So Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, uh, send us emails, podcast at mydriver.net, and uh, leave iTunes reviews, and we'll give you a shout-out like we did uh, this this week. So do, do, do more of those. It's, it's, it's good. Um, all right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week with Cold War. Bye. Bye. Bye.